that we have been dealing with some stuff for a while. Suffice it to say that our good friend Ruth is nowhere to be found, and instead, uh, his avatar is present, being remarkably nice for someone who is also remarkably stern. When last we left off, there was a knock at the apartment door. Does anyone want to get the door? To set the scene, I'm going to say that Siobhan and the portable fMRI are in Ruth's room because mm-hmm. I imagine that's where there there is the most floor space. Mm-hmm. And after Ruthless made everybody welcoming drinks and set out a tray of tea, which she knew that cat was going to absolutely refuse to touch, she retreated to the room to basically do the readings while consulting on the phone with the person that she got the portable thing from, who is Moses for um, future reference. So she is currently in the room with Siobhan and co. So somebody else is obviously going to have to answer the door because Ruthless is crystal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's that too. Uh, does this have a um, a keyhole or some way of being able to see who's there? Yeah, it has a keyhole. Is anybody else going to get it? I think that's we you, We don't Vic. even live here. Nina yeah. is in, like, under-the-desk nuclear um, safety <laughs> drill <Yeah. laughs> position. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll check the check through the uh, the keyhole to see if, uh, if I can recognize him. You see... A relatively large figure in a cloak. Great. No. <laughs> it looks very briefly like they, at that point in time, were attempting to pick the lock and then became like immediately very tense and stepped away from the door. Just as you, just as you looked at them. Then I think Vic will try to be quiet and see what happens next. Give me a one die for on the door. Yeah, there is a chain and a bolt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, are the deadbolts and chains closed? I imagine after Ruthless let everybody in, yeah, she would have uh, locked it, because that's what Ruth does. Uh, so Vic, I would like you to give me a one-die fortune roll, and it's a one! That's a one, unfortunately. <laughs> the figure just stands there for a bit, as if very, like... As if they're very obviously aware of some th- uh, of the fact that they're being observed, even though they shouldn't be. And then you see them position one of their eyes towards the people as well. And you see that the eye is not human. It looks like it's glittering and like the iris is very faintly shifting between light and dark brown. Sorry, the person's eye? Yes, that person's eye, yes. It strikes you as vaguely familiar, but you can't tell why. I would like to roll Analyze or Perceive to assess a potential threat to my group. Uh, Analyze. Okay, if Analyze will have more effect, then that's what I'll roll. Your position is risky and your effect is standard. Okay, and so then when I get, if I get plus effect, it would be risky, not risky great? Yes. Can I pull that back to controlled standard by just taking a quick a quick glance? 
You know what? Yeah, yeah, that works, I think. So you're pushing yourself then, I presume? No, I just want to trade effect for position. Oh, right, yes, okay, cool. Um, Which I don't know that that's something that's technically in the book, but I think it makes sense. Because control, being able to get to control will give me an option to pull back if I want to. Uh, but I got a four. And I think I will uh, accept the controlled consequence to get the result. Uh, you know whose eye this is. You've seen this eye before. You've, you've seen this person before. You spent a lot of time in this person's presence before. Before it dawns on you who this person is, they kick the door off. I'd like you to, uh, resist, uh, with the sun. Sure. Would this hurt other people if I didn't resist? Who's closest to Vic? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're taking this blow alone, Vic. I think everyone's sufficiently away from the door. Alright. I... Is this door about to kill Vic? Eh, no. Okay. Okay. Because uh, there's something I could do if that not was going kill, to happen. Not kill. Not kill. No. Okay. I'm just checking my various abilities. Oof. I rolled a three and a two, so it costs me three stress to resist this thing. Uh. Okay. Cool. You just so happen to be in the idle position. That if you were to tense up when this door falls off, you'd just be body-checking the door. Um, and it keeps this person from, like... Like, you managed to just keep what would have otherwise been the door, like, flying all the way off and just falling to the floor. Just, like, an inch away from its frame. As the rest of you can see this cloaked figure... Maintaining their center of gravity almost effortlessly while their foot is still on this door, pressing against Vic. As if, as if it requires no effort to push the door at all. Does anyone respond? How fast is Ruthless in the waking world? Being an avatar of the dream, you are just a bit more physically capable than most mortals would. But any attempt to perform a skill, um, any attempt to perform an action with that with that ability will um, drain one point from your transcendence check. Okay. Ruthless hears violence. Ruthless wishes to indulge in either violence <laughs> or just the sheer indulgent act of being in a fight. Uh, so Ruthless is going to go there and yank the person in, and yeah, get to it, I guess. Okay, cool. I would like you to give me a defy roll. Your position is controlled. And your effect is standard. Is there a poison promise here? Um, That I can take. I do have a poison promise, don't I? What is this poison promise? Does this count as a poison promise? I will allow you to veto this because I haven't had experience 
crafting um, poison promises of this particular ilk. But you want to get in a fight, yes? I want to get into a fight, and Ruthless in particular wants, whenever she gets in a fight, to wipe her opponent off the map. Ah, okay, cool. I'm going to give you a four clock that mm-hmm. is not going to tick immediately called uh, This Fight is Taking Too Long. Uh-huh. When it completes, you're going to suffer a, uh, you're going to suffer harm. Okay. That sounds perfectly fine to Ruthless because... <laughs> because it's not Ruthless's body? It's not Ruthless's body, and also... Ruin is just good. Ruin is good. <laughs> that that was said with uh, a certain quality of excitement that I both enjoy and dread. So I like this a lot. Um, so yes. Okay. So Risky, what did I tell you? Risky standard. Uh, controlled and limited. I right. Think yes. Controlled limited. Right. That's what I said. Right. Controlled okay. limited plus one. Okay. Uh, so that comes out to 4d6. That's a 2, a 2, a 6, and a 5. Ah, the 6. You grab this person by their shoulder. What happens, like, your movement is too quick for Vic to say the thing that they suddenly, immediately know. So they don't get to say the thing, but I'm going to let Vic... Know the thing secretly now. Um, <laughs> while, while Vic is also perfectly aware that things are progressing too quickly, too loudly, and too violently for the information to be shared. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You pull this person in you pull this person inward, and the very first thing that they try to do is chop you in the neck. Are you just going to take that? Well, I guess I'll respond by trying to break theirs. As a, to break... <laughs> uh, uh, okay, cool. Give me... Another defy roll. Okay. Uh, risky limited. Okay. Will this one advance the transcendence track? Uh, this will. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a 5, a 1, and a 1. Ah, 5 is still good enough. What is the motion you are making? So, I think Ruthless and Ruth fight in the same way. Very blunt, fast motions. So, this is more like a maneuver to get the person into, like, the head snap thing going on. Aha. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. So you roughly have them in position. And that's when you notice, "Eh, this doesn't... Something about this body feels different. Give me a one-die fortune roll. A one-die fortune roll. Roll 1d6. That is a one. Ah, um, their cloak is still intact the entire time. No one can tell anything about them. While this fight is happening, is anyone else doing anything? Are you just kind of watching Agog as a fight breaks out in the apartment? Vic, yes. 
So I think as the second exchange is happening is when Vic says loud enough to be clear, even with a scuffle, that's you for me. The minute that you say that, the figure responds by leaping backward as if to force Ruthless's body to collide with a nearby wall. Uh, I would like you to give me a resist roll. Okay, I guess when that would When Vic be... says, that's euphony, Kat jumps up because now she'd like to get a punch in too, thanks. Resistance, so I'm guessing that's sun, right? Yeah, that's sun. Cool. Uh, roll 2d6. That is a 5 and... Oh, a 1 and a 4, so I take 2 stress. Okay, cool. They don't hit, you do you do like come into contact with a nearby wall and like jostle a bookcase nearby, but not at the velocity that it would cause any pain to you whatsoever. Cat, mm-hmm. are you really gonna swing? Yeah, she's not going to be effective because Cat's got arms like wet spaghetti, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Right. So uh, Mechanically, there is no way, like, mechanically, there is an effect that is called none. But once something has no effect, you do not actually perform an action. So I have to give you at least limited. um, I feel like this is going to be a defy, which I have zero dice in. Mm -hmm. This is a defy at desperate limited. Um, Uh I have a poison promise for you. I'll hear it. (laughs) <laughs> you will tick the this fight is taking too long clock once, and then every other time, uh, every time, every other time you swing, it will tick. And what do I get in exchange for that? Just one extra die? Just yeah, just the one die. Presently, the only person who will. Uh... Honestly, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. Uh... This fight was already. In standard fight terms, like, this fight is already taking too long if Cat has enough time to get up and get in there. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you don't want combat to go for more than about 15 seconds anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Right, so... Stamina is the problem more than strength, after all. Um, desperate limited. Well, for Cat, the problem is strength. For desperate. everybody else, it's stamina. Mm-hmm. That's so des- going to be 3d6. A three, um, a four, and a six. Wait, do you have but any... we have to take the lowest, don't we? Yeah, if you have... If you didn't have dots in the fight, then you're only supposed to roll the one die. Oh, oops. I'm gonna... I'm gonna give you the mulligan. Just I roll thought we one were, six for me. Yeah, I thought we were taking the extra die. And that would get tacked onto the... Oh, that's a one! Ah, <laughs> uh, ugh, yike. Um, so this fight is taking too that long. That was still ticks. You... Swipe and miss. Um, mm-hmm. Too much action is taking place in this area for you to actually hit anything. Nina, Vic, what do you do? Nina, at this point, now hearing this euphony, realizing that everyone's fighting, is going to jump up and be like, Stop it! What are you doing? You're going to hurt each other. I'm laughing because... That's a little a, bit the point, as a, as a player, I'm laughing. As Nina... I'm horrified and trying to get everyone to stop. Are you genuinely trying to get everyone to stop? I am genuinely trying to get everyone to stop. Uh, it, it is, you're going to hurt each other and you're going to break Ruth's stuff. Give me 
This is express. Uh, I yes, think. yeah, I was literally thinking express. I was trying to see if we could make forgive work, but you're not actually like those don't. Yeah, it has to be express. Your position is risky. Your effect is limited. I have a poison promise for you. No. Your intervention. Your intervention will also tick the clock. And what will that do, what will that do if I take the poison promise? It'll raise me to risky. You will either you can either take uh, one extra die or it will put you at a uh, risky standard. Mm, no, I'm not gonna take it. So risky limited. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. That's a three. Nobody's listening to me. Yeah, no one hears you. Too many. Too much jostling is taking place. I think some plates are breaking somewhere, like some small glass trinkets on a bookcase somewhere have fallen to the floor and stuff, and no one has heard you speak. Vic, what do you do? Okay, Brandon. So I have two ideas. Mm-hmm. One of them is one of them is mundane, and one of them is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the mundane plan is that Vic interposes themselves uh, and using. What they know of how both how uh, both Euphony and um, Ruth fight disentangle them. The ridiculous idea is that Vic pulls out a bit of mirror, grabs them, and pulls all three of them into the dream. I want to try the ridiculous one. Uh, I would like to do this with Defy or Express. What do you think about that? If it were if it were Express, what are you expressing? Not here. I like that. Uh, which would you prefer, the Fire Express? Let me double check my sheet. I have two in Express and two in Defy. I have a Transcendent in Express, but unless I can transcend in the mortal world to do this, which doesn't seem likely, I think Express and pulling people out of all of the room feels like an appropriate level of uh, power escalation. Yeah, that works. I will give you it with uh, with the uh, express with two dice. Do I? I have a poison promise for you. What would that be? Your intervention also takes uh, the this fight is taking too long clock. Which is at what? Time? It's presently at one of four. One of four. Uh, I'm fine with that. What do you? What do the rest of y'all think? I think that's okay. Do it. Okay. Then yeah, I will take that. Uh, what is my position in effect in doing, in doing your this with, position uh, express? Your position is risky, but your effect is standard. Can I actually throw an assist here? I mean, you're literally because, in the fight, I think you can. Because Ruthless, once she sees the mirror, her face splits in the widest smile, and she'll basically heave euphony into the mirror, too. Aha, uh-huh. so you want to perform an action as your assist. I mean, that would be the context of the assist. Well, yes. Well, okay, right, yes. Because, because the full context is that Ruthless is in full indulgement and ruin now, because mm-hmm. in her mind, now she gets to do what she's always wanted to do. And Vic pulling out the mirror is a perfect vehicle for this. Right, yes. This is particularly fun for Ruthless, isn't it? Okay, cool. Mm. Um, take two stress. It's 
always wants rest to assist. All right, no, yeah, so this one, right, yeah, sick one. That's... How much dice do you have now then, Mike? Two in express, one for poison promise, one for assist. Takes me to four. Right, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Four, two, six, three. Good lord. Kat and Nina, you watch as uh, Vic, Ruthless, and the cloaked figure all get Looney tunes into this fragment of glass. You Kat are- turns to Nina and says, You know, I really feel like I'm not taken seriously as a combatant in, in these situations. Remember the thing with the mannequins? And the thing in the club? You want to to hit things on purpose? Yes! Yes, I would like to hit things on purpose. I have a lot of anger which no one seems to respect. I'm sorry that no one respects your anger. I respect your anger. Do Thank you, you, Nina. Do you want to hit me? Of course not. I love you. <laughs> you, you want a hug? Yes, I want a hug. And then oh, I good, because I go really want a hug too right now. This is a lot. <laughs> while Somebody the, put my door back. While this is happening, Vic, Ruthless, and your cloaked assailant are tumbling in unformed dream. There are shapes that are attempting to coalesce based on your own immediate emotional reaction. Like, uh, Ruthless, you see what looks like a stained glass bust of euphony constantly shattering and reforming itself in an attempt to try to make sense of not only your anger and frustration, but your desire for violence in this moment. Vic, you see what looks like a gold-framed portrait, but whatever is actually in the portrait keeps warping and changing, like if it was made out of sand instead of ink or uh, paint, and then it repositions itself just at the bottom of you all, just as you continue falling, and you fall through it, but instead of colliding with paper or solid canvas, it feels like you're going through a sheet of marshmallows. And it just kind of pops underneath you and you keep falling. And then you hit some solid ground. But it, you swear as, you, as you're both looking down that it's just still pitch black. You have no idea what you're touching at the moment. Um, the dream is in this weird position where... It's lit enough that you know who you're looking at when you're looking, but also not so lit that you can see where light is coming from. Almost as if you've, your eyes have acclimated to pitch black. And the cloaked figure is still squirming underneath uh, Ruthless. Ruthless, I would like you to give me a two-die fortune roll. Roll 2d6. That's a 4 and a 3. Yeah, that's enough... At this point, the scuffling and the falling have provided enough momentum that you just kind of accidentally tear away at some of the cloak's hood and neckline, and it just kind of unravels and falls back at that point, and both of you can clearly see Euphony. Glowing, iridescent hair, 
um, bright, almost glittering eyes, skin just uh, just away from the edge of pale enough to be considered beautiful. They're wearing a pink spiked leather jacket underneath the hood, but the rest of the rest of their clothing is still uh, covered in the cloak. And this is Euphony as we knew them, not one of the constituent people. Yes, this is Euphony. This is the this is the cons- the constituted Euphony as a result of the end of season one. This is you witnessing Euphony as a complete being. So, does Euphony seem to recognize us? In the heat of battle, you couldn't tell unless you calmed down. Rufus isn't interested in that. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yes, Let's... this person looks very much like the complete Euphony as you have known them. Uh, so, we're all falling, right? Uh, you've stopped falling. You've hit, okay. you've hit what feels like but doesn't look like solid ground. Okay. Is Euphony under me? Euphony is still in what appears to be a chokehold from you. But is less under you so much as ahead of you. Ruthless, with her head next to Euphony's, is going to say, almost hissed like, You deserve me. And is going to try to break her neck. Uh, um, please give me an express roll. I mean, I will still take, I'll still take the five, but I think because you stated that that's express, your position is desperate. Nope, 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 your position is risky. Is there a poison promise here that I can take? Um... The, this fight is taking too long. Clock is presently at 2.04, yes? Mm-hmm. It will take a game. I'm cool with that. <laughs> okay, also note, you taking this action progresses the chance. Wait, nope. One of your desires is ruined. Mm-hmm. Grr. Yeah, um, you're still going to be transcendent for a while. Um, cool. Right, so the, the clock is now at 3.04? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm rolling express? Yes, you're rolling express plus one. That is a one, a four, and a three. <laughs> it feels in this moment as if you have no momentum with which to do euphony harm. You just kind of budge, and they don't budge with you. While that's happening, euphony, like, from the, like, vaguely, like, half-kneeling position that they were ahead of you that gave you the leverage enough to be gripping them by the neck in the first place, straightens up. And the first thing that they do is roundhouse kick Vic. Are you going to take it, or are you going to resist? Uh, that's amazing. Because if you, if, like, if... Uh, if you don't resist, that's just going to be a level one harm. A busted lip. No, I think uh, I think I'm going to resist, knowing that 
uh, resisting may put me into eclipse, which would just make everything even worse. Ah, yes. Cool. Fun. All right. Let's, let's keep, let's just keep pulling all of these triggers then. Um, you do realize that I'm going to be very close to eclipse. Right. Resisting. <laughs> very soon too, right? Right. Resisting with sun. Uh, yeah, because this is, this is physical. Can I, you don't poison promise resistances, do you? Three and a four, so it costs me two, and that puts me at eight stress. Okay, so how do you, how do you physically resist uh, this? Do you get out of the way, or do you just kind of take um, it? So, here Vic switches into a, a different martial arts style, and basically drops, drops to one leg in a capoeira-style void, and then turns it into a like a, a basically a, a an inverted an inverted cartwheel sweep to knock both of them off their feet. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Thematically, I can't give you this poisoned promise now, or rather, its parameters change. And I'm not sure if those parameters exist in that way in base blades, so I'm not going to chance it. So, yes, so you're rolling with Defy, I presume? Yeah. Uh, right, your position is risky, but your effect is standard. Uh, I got a six and a five. Wham, you bring both of them down. Um, they collide Fucking with... stop! We need to talk! Ruthless, give me a one-die fortune roll. Okay, rolling one d6. That's a one. Ah, right, cool. I was hoping, f right. So, you hit the ground on your head. It doesn't daze you, because you don't have a brain. But it does briefly incapacitate you enough, but your grip loosens on you for me. Who is also not hurting in, that, in the way that a human would be if they hit their head on the ground, but similarly um, mildly shaken. And uh, Euphony rolls away from you, um, still like within relative earshot, and grumbles, No, we don't. Where have you been? How did you get back? Why, why is that jacket cooler than it was last time? I really like the spikes. Why are you trying to kill them? I have several questions. You can answer me, or you can... You can deal with the bitch with the sword. You Euph think you can take both of us? Euphony, uh, like, kneels upright and kind of hisses at you. I have questions, too. I don't even know why I'm here. Or how I could get out. Or why it's just me. Or why I had to come back to the real world and realize that the other one's apartment had already gone up for sale and there was nowhere else for me to stay. I just... I don't need any of this. I don't need any of this dream weirdness from you all. Alright? I... I... We were supposed then to be free. Then do us a favor. Then do us a favor and walk off the pier when we get back into the wicked world. You think you're a hot shit, don't you? 
I remember I, think, I remember six months ago when you could barely make sense of the world that you already knew. When everything was a fight and you were losing. And you're mad at me? You should yes. be mad at her. And uh, they turn to you, Vic, and say, you both should. Because I definitely am. You want to do the conspiracies business for, for them? You want to do what Dreamshine wants to do? Get all of us out of, out of the way so they can commoditize every single bit of the dream? This has nothing to do with them. You have nothing to do with them. You could live your life like everybody else. God damn it, you... You're the one who pulled us out of those normal lives. You're going to have to accept responsibility for what you've done. I believe that's something that you told us when things got messed up. So you're either going to live by your own example, or this whole thing is going to fall apart, and it's going to be on you, you think. Because we've kept fighting when you were gone. We looked, and we kept going, and now you're here and you're a problem instead of a solution. Euphony chuckles, then gets up, straightens up, brushes what would be dust off of the rest of their cloak, but instead what eventually brushes off are essentially like sparks of flint that just kind of spiral into very small black holes and then disappear as they get brushed off. And then they tear the cloak off to reveal the rest of their clothing. Um, like, absolutely brilliant pink uh, studded jacket, pink uh, leather pants, heels that look simultaneously very comfortable and very sharp. In a way that just doesn't make sense in your brain. And then they start unbuck they start unbuttoning uh the top buttons of their jacket and pull aside one one side of their jacket to reveal that where a human's heart would be, there is now a large hole that is leaking dirt. And they point at the hole and go, I didn't tell you anything. She did. And that's where we're going to end tonight's session of Girl by Moonlight Frackles Fire. I've been holding this reveal for a while! Uh, we had so many juicy conversations about Euphony that I knew that it would be a shame for some version of Euphony not to appear. And this version of Euphony is a Euphony that you kind of have not met before. I'm going to say, seeing uh, her missing heart, Ruthless is going to laugh and say, at least you finally match. Wow, this is a lot. Everyone is going through a lot. Ruthless is about to eclipse, and Ruthless is already here. Um, like, Nina what happens in the house? Just like, just <laughs> Nina yeah, and Kat sitting Zach in the apartment, not noticing that absolute mayhem is taking place in the dream. No, no, no we, right we have now, a plan. Nina and Kat 
have called Dice, and he is re-hinging Ruth's door while they <laughs> eat snack cakes and just watch. Yep. Yeah. Cat made him take his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, okay, cool. Noted. Did Cat say, uh, Ruth might come out of the mirror anytime in order to get him to take his shirt off? Absolutely. Oh, no, Whatever I don't think she just... even suggested the shirt. She just said, I don't want there to be no door when Ruth comes back. And Dice immediately took the shirt off and started flexing <laughs> while he hammers. No, yeah, there are qualities of Hold there on. are qualities of gullible that I think uh, Dice leans Nina's into sitting very on the heavily. Couch like this. <laughs> like I think it's very, I think it's easier to get Dice to take to take their shirt, to take his shirt off for no reason than it is to uh, tempt him with the idea that uh, Ruth would want to see that. I think for all the I, f- I think for all the gullibility that is inherent in Dice Calendrian, he knows Ruth better than that. Um, mm. <laughs> even when he doesn't know Ruth at all. Um, oh, he's not dumb enough to think that Ruth wants to see it. Yeah, he just not yet. That, you yeah. know, if I get him used to this sight, it'll be useful later. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Ruth has been seeing this person shirtless in fights for like three years. Yeah. If it's not going to, if it hasn't worked in, yet, it's not going to ever. Persistence is the key. But yes, how do you all feel about everything that has presently transpired? Ruthless is a lot, huh? <laughs> You're telling me. Yes, I am. I love that we have two characters, one stress away from uh, from Eclipse, and we haven't even started the mission yet. Yeah. You also have downtimes. Um, Thankfully, Nina has a lot of social links to spend. So yeah, gonna, but at some point, you're going to need to earn some more. Nina also has one more downtime, action. Mm-hmm. And everybody else... Yeah, everybody else still has one? I have two still. Yeah, well, everybody still yeah, has their two, I, I mean. Did I use mine? No, yeah, everybody still has their two. Right, yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens next time, because our next session will obviously be giving you room for downtime and attempting to catapult as quickly as possible into the next mission while all of this I'm is happening. So until that next session occurs, I should, I should ask you all to remind all of you lovely people in chat who you are, what you do, and where people can find you. Uh, starting with Mike. Hey, everybody. Uh, I've been Vic Sains, the Guardian. Uh, I am Mike Underwood. I write as Michael R. Underwood. I'm one of the co-hosts to Speculate with Brandon and Greg. And I will be uh, GMing slash uh, being the dancing master for our Court of Blades series, Valorward, this coming Friday the 19th, uh, going live at about 8 p.m. Eastern, a.k.a. 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and we will have our first errand as we assemble the group, and I'm very excited for that. You can watch it right here at twitch.tv slash or catch it later on YouTube at youtube.com slash That's me. Ooh. Next, Valerie. I have been Valerie Valdez. That is with an S if you are listening later. I am the author of Fault Tolerance, which just came out. You can please to buy it. Thank you. My cats will appreciate uh, you can also catch me on Twitter at Valerie Valdez and on Twitch at The Kids Are Asleep, which is when I play video games. Tomorrow night is Hades. 
Ooh, more Hades shenanigans. That sounds like fun. Next, Yoi. Hello, hello, and soon goodbye, goodbye. Yoi going Lin, he, they pronouns. Tonight, I have played Vermilion Jingwei Ruth, who wasn't actually Ruth at all in this session, so that was interesting. You can find me at this is my design on twitter.com. That is spelled D, capital D, A S E I N. It is a philosophy joke and Hannibal pun. Nice. And last but not least, Iori. Happy time zone, friends. Kusano Iori, they, them pronouns. Find me on Twitter at Iori Kusano. You can fight me on Master Duel. My duelist tag is in the chat. Thank you, Mike. You can also find me co-hosting Righteous Kicks, the Common Rider podcast, with our wonderful GM, Brandon. See you around the internet. Yes, I also do that. All of these strange friends, I like spending all of my time with them all the time, uh, everywhere, always. As for me, I have been your humble stage manager this evening, Brandon O'Brien. Pronouns he, him, or they, them. You can find me almost everywhere on the internet at The Rising Tides. Uh, I have a poetry collection out. It's called Can You Sign My Tentacle? As of the present moment, its one-year anniversary is in six days. And I have a lot of feelings about this uh, weird, silly little book. And you can not only still get your hands on it at your favorite bookstore or by checking out Interstellar Flight Press, but if you're coming to Worldcon, I will have copies with me, and I will be signing at the Interstellar Flight booth at Worldcon. Um, so if you want to hear me have lots of very interesting feelings about black speculative poetry, hear me read from the thing at my open mic that I will be having at Worldcon, uh, or see me engaging in all kinds of other shenanigans, definitely check out Worldcon. Several other members of the cast will be attending virtually as well. I know that Valerie will be attending virtually. I think that Greg will be attending virtually. So... Whether you are on a plane or on the internet, please uh, do the thing um, and continue supporting uh, these strange friends as we continue all over the internet. Thank you so very much for spending time with us cool people. And I will say goodbye for now. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. 
You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.